0: Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting today's episode. That's another frustrating, kind of slightly disappointing evening at Medesi Stadium last night in a 1-0 defeat against Bristol City. They're a very good team, but to help me discuss uh, last night's events, I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe of Berkshire Live. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, good evening. And I've also been joined by Eric Oregard. Good evening. Hiya. So what's your kind of like overriding emotion from last night, Jonathan, when he kind of like were finally leaving the Madaysti stadium probably about twelve o'clock?
1: <laughs> uh yeah, how how did you know? Um yeah, it was just a bit uh a bit frustration really, I guess that's the, the overriding emotion. Um not the biggest admirers of Bristol City, but uh, mainly because they always uh, do a job on Reading and uh, they're they're annoyingly effective. And um, that, that proved to be the case again. Um, I didn't think there was too much to to separate the sides overall. Um, obviously, Bristol City had uh, the better of it for the sort of first hour or so. And, and you know, obviously, that's uh, as much up to them as it is uh, uh, Reading sort of letting them... Uh, dominate themselves on on the game, but uh, to be fair, you know, Redding came came back at it for the last sort of 20, 25 minutes or so, and um, were perhaps a tad unlucky not to to get an equaliser. I mean, it was some, certainly some heroic defending from uh, Ashley Williams, Ashley Williams and Co. Uh, in the closing stages, obviously off the line and uh, may take hitting the post as well. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Royals were perhaps a tad unlucky. I think uh, Bowen said afterwards, uh, a draw would have been a fair result. I think they would have been a bit lucky to get a point out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, fair play to Bristol City. took took the chance when they had it and um, defended resolutely. So, um, yeah, I think the more frustration as well is that uh, maybe the expectation now is that uh, Reading can-, can beat these kind of sizes these sides like Bristol City and Millwall. But, you know they're, they're just showing that they're coming up a bit short, and um, that's probably the reason why they're going to be um, finishing around mid-table as opposed to knocking on the doors of the playoffs because they're they're not quite at that level just yet.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was a kind of like I was watching the game and I was thinking that's the kind of level that we need to be nearer to when we do the transfers in the summer. The winter one probably isn't going to get us any much nearer to that because. We don't want to go out and go absolutely crazy, but we will talk about transfers later. So if you're listening for that, we will come up, get to that point. And also kind of what did you think, Eric, of the kind of the first half? Did you? I mean, Mark Byrne described it as a bit flat and a bit slow tempo. Do you think that's a fair comment?
2: yeah i think so i think the the overriding feeling i had watching it, it's just we were really toothless i think we we just get it was a sort of classic away performance wasn't it from bristol city they kept it really tight we couldn't break them down couldn't score and they obviously got the goal which was primarily from one of our mistakes um more and pele and blackett they all kind of let let that goal happen so you'd say yeah toothless and uh yeah, I mean Bristol City, they're they're experienced operators, like Jonathan said. You know, it's uh, yeah frustrating, but uh, we, we can't really complain and, and say we should have had something out of the game. I don't think we deserved it.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, something last night was Ashley Williams was. Oh, I thought he was really good in central defence. I can see why he's got multiple offers from clubs because, and that last seconds of the match when he cleared off the line. I mean, if that had gone in from Chris Gunter, a left footed effort curling it around. I mean, you've got to say it was a really good shot from that position. I don't think Mete could have done a lot more with his header as well. Of course, yeah, he could have put it in the goal and stand that. But it wasn't a poor miss. It wasn't one of those ones when he's he skied off the side of his head. Um, Baldock tries to get it in on the line. Aluko has a... I'm not sure what Aluko was doing. He seemed to get his feet caught up there. But, you know, it created something begun to by kind of accident. But the goal that we conceded... That was pretty sloppy and up but I was not happy about that afterwards talking about a lack of concentration why How did you see the goal uh, Jonathan
1: uh, well, to be honest, I saw the goal. I looked up and uh, he swept the ball into the back of the net so i didn't actually see the the build up to it um but so uh, no, obviously i've I've seen it back on the on the replay and um it, it just uh, it struck me a, a goal that they would have conceded um, in the days of, uh, I guess, Clement and uh, on and Gomez as well. Sort of the defence was uh, all out of sorts and um, you know, it was a relatively uh, simple ball forward, I think, wasn't it? And knock on and uh, played into the middle and uh, he had, I mean, it was, it was a nice enough finish and all that, but uh, he had uh, time and space and I think, like you pointed out a bit earlier on, there was a, plenty of defenders around him, but... Uh, He'll kind of swarm towards the ball and and let him. Um, I think it was him and uh, Gunter was trying to close him down, but uh, he can and uh, he had basically one place to put a shot and uh, and he got it right. So um, yeah, fair play to him. It was, it was nice finish, but uh, I think yeah, when the, when you look back at it, uh, the, the defending was certainly a bit uh, suspect, and it'll be something that they'll be working on. Um, you know. Again, back to basics, that sort of thing, to to, to tighten up and uh, be hard to beat. And uh, you know, then you could give yourselves a platform to to build on for for the games ahead. Yeah,
0: I thought the goal was particularly disappointing. Because something like you say, uh, Jonathan, that hasn't been happening recently, that kind of kind of fallen asleep. I'm, I will admit, actually, I looked at my phone and then I suddenly saw the Bristol striker in not a position I wanted to see him. <laughs> and then it just hit the back of the net. So it was pretty much the same as you. Because I felt relatively relaxed. In the first half, they were getting a lot of joy down our left-hand side. Eliasson's a quality player. He is a good threat as well, but we kind of subdued that slightly in the second half. How were you feeling? I mean, before that goal, um, there was a chance for Ejaria from a corner kick. Abita plays it in. Morrison heads it back. Now, Ajaria gets some stick for this miss and it's for his kind of Performance overall last night which is fair enough I don't think he had a great game at all what did you think of the miss Eric and also his performance in the match
2: yeah he was uh, he wasn't a sparkling best was he obviously but then he, he doesn't have the same options up front potentially um, Swift wasn't really on his game last night potentially so Usually when Swift's on song, then then Injaria sort of follows. But yeah, that miss really reminded me of the pushcast miss up at Middlesbrough that we went to. It yeah. kind of yeah. went a bit behind him. So it wasn't an easy, like a, a super easy chance. But you would say a player super confident on, on form would, would probably stick it away. I don't know. It was, it, it was a 50-50, but disappointing that he missed it. Because if we had got that goal, I think we'd have gone on to win the game potentially.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was one of those games where you just need to be the team that went ahead, and then the other team was going to struggle because defensively both teams were solid, and I know I've just said that we had a poor bit, but that probably wouldn't happen if we scored in that moment. But substitutions from Mark Bowen last night, do you think he possibly could have mixed it up slightly and maybe bought Charlie had him on Jonathan?
1: Uh, yeah, I was expecting Charlie Adam to come on uh, probably the last, you know, the, for the last half an hour or so. Um, obviously, I know he played uh, an hour... Uh, no, he played the full game, didn't he, uh, against Cardiff at the weekend. Um, maybe you know, he, he got a bit tested... You know being down to 10 men for the closing stages but uh no i was, I was certainly expecting him to come on to you know to, to be the guy who could maybe unlock a defense or uh you know put the ball over to 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 mate and give him a few chances although you know to be fair to them that they did in the end um yeah it was a strange one obviously bringing on uh a luca i think came on with swift in he? sort of straight after he messed up a corner and, uh, and swift didn't look too happy about that and uh I don't think that would have done his, uh, his, his confidence any good. But, um, yeah, I would have thought kind of his, his leadership and just uh, intelligence on the ball um, would have been beneficial. Um, maybe he was saving him to, to, to start at Cardiff. Uh, I don't know. But, um, no, I, I was very surprised not, not to see him uh, on the pitch, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I had to make a choice as a fan to bring on Aluko or Charlie Adam at this precise moment... I'm Charlie Adam every single time, Eric. Would you agree on that?
2: Yeah, I would, and I also think it's a bit strange. Like he, it felt like he was just rotating for rotating's sake. You know, he brought Bulldog on for Push Gas, but it didn't really change the formation. So we were still really kind of toothless. Really, Bulldog didn't do that much more than what Push Gas had contributed. I mean, he he's a willing runner, and he ran a couple of times down the channel, but still, it was like if you could see that with that toothless, maybe change the formation slightly or yeah, I, I would definitely be Charlie Adam over, over a At least we could keep the ball a bit better with Charlie Adam potentially and hit some of those long race passes out to the wing. I don't know. But uh yeah, I think uh over the last few weeks, Bowen's obviously, we, we've had a decent record. So you've got to kind of give him a bit of, give him a bit of trust and a bit of
0: slack. Yeah, no, I don't think it's time to be getting on top of uh, Bowen and slamming him for saying he's doing everything wrong. Cause that is not the case at all. He's, We've really improved dramatically since he's come into the uh, managerial position. So, I don't know. Um, Swift was frustrating last night, but an Ijari, as we just discussed, wasn't at his best. Is there an underlying issue that we keep on talking about every single week? Jow is no longer there. We're playing the same formation, but Puskas can't play in that position and neither can Bulldog. So what do we do? Do we change formation or do we kind of hope that we bring a striker in and he's kind of jowl like I'm not sure. I, I think it's a bit of a risk maybe to bring in a striker unless we can sign him in the summer permanently like we did with Ajari and Miazga. So I think we're going to probably see a formation formation change. What formation, Jonathan, do you think would work with the players we've now got fit and available as we speak now?
1: Uh, I mean, as we speak now, um, I mean, I mean, the, the two strikers they've got obviously, Baldock and Puskus, can they play together? I mean, they've really played much together, I don't think, off the top of my head. Um, whether it's worth giving them a go, uh, I mean, yes, why not? Uh let's give it a try. Um, I've got obviously got someone like Yaku Maty up there, who's I think I mentioned in the last podcast actually that uh, you know he's some he's a bit more of a presence, and albeit his, his touch might not be perfect, but uh, he could maybe you know bring others into play. It might be worth putting him up, if you're going to stick with that same formation. Put, put Maty up there, and um, but make sure you've got other players surrounding him when he does get the ball. Rather than leave him stranded, which is, is kind of what, what Puskas unfortunately uh, had last uh, well last week at Forest and last night as well. So, um, in terms of what you change it to, um, again I'm not a tactics expert, but uh, something like uh, well, I, th- I think the, the emphasis is, is, is to get players into into your strikers. So if it's not two strikers, have the one striker, but have people supporting, whether it's on the on the wing or kind of centrally as well. So. Um, you know, why not just go 442, go go back to old school basics, um, <laughs> put, uh, put, uh, put those two up top and, and see how they get on. Um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's my thoughts, I think, on the moment. I can't think of a formation which uh, would kind of suit all of them. They're, they're all, uh, you know, they, they obviously are, are all adaptable, but at the same time, they're not, are they, at the same time? They, you know, no, it's,
0: we have tried 352 in that one. That is a possibility. But I don't know. if uh, What formation would you like to see, Aaron? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um,
2: I, I don't necessarily think we need to, to change the formation, but we definitely, like Jonathan said, we need to get pl- players closer to the striker. So a few times last night, the ball goes up front and whoever's playing in, in the central midfield role, who, who the, whoever's supposed to be the most advanced, just needs to get a bit closer. Sometimes gamble and run beyond the striker if they manage to get a flick on. Uh, potentially play Mayte on the wing, on the right wing. He's had a bit of success with that recent weeks. So we'll just make sure he's a, him and the striker are a bit closer together because at the moment, it's very clear that Bulldog, Pushkas, whoever it is, are being super isolated. I think that's a, that's a real
0: issue. Yeah, we've seen that in multiple games now, both the Nottingham Forest games. I know we got draws in both those games, but we didn't have many chances at all. Millwall, we had really not a lot at all. We need a physical presence. Now, whatever you think about Mayte... I think he needs to be starting in the next game in whatever position it is, up front, right wing. And I know that means that possibly Aliso will have to miss out. And I don't think he's done anything wrong, but it's just sometimes you need that presence in there. Because if you're going to have Puskas in there at the moment, he hasn't got that physicality. And with his shoulder injury, I kind of you can see he's not quite wanting to put his body in there, which is understandable. If you've got a shoulder that's been dislocated or partially dislocated, that's going to be painful. That's a, a normal issue to have. So a frustrating night at the Modeski Stadium last night, but hopefully, maybe, possibly, who knows, transfer day is coming up. It is that one. It's not going to be as chaotic as the last one or anything like that. So I wouldn't sit there expecting to see the old uh, signs coming up of incoming from Redden FC official Twitter site. So don't get down. If we only make one or two signings. It's not going to be the end of the world, Jonathan, is it?
1: No, it's not. Um, no, I don't. certainly won't be as busy as uh, last last January's uh, uh, transfer window. Uh, with those uh, five loan players in, I say I, I still expect a, a couple of players to come in. Um, you know, had a few few people linked, like uh, Josh Lauren and um, Pedro Mendes. I, I like the name Pedro Mendes, especially because of uh, uh, the former Pedro Mendes uh, who used to play on these shores. But um, yeah, um, I, th- I think that there will be a couple. It's all, I mean, a lot of the clubs in the championship uh, have hardly done any business. Uh, reading are far from alone. Um, obviously, Scott Hogan went to to Birmingham today. I think from uh, online from Villa, but uh, in, and obviously Leeds signed the striker. But uh, elsewhere, I mean, there, there's so many clubs uh, looking for so many players, basically. And I think it's whoever's going to blink first. It's uh, one will trigger quite a few. And um, obviously, with Reading, they're in a relatively strong position in that you know they don't need to get. They're not reliant on players going out to to get players in so um you know i think i think they well, they are biding their time but uh, i think you know i think that they they will get a couple of um new faces through the door and, and hopefully you can give them that lift um to you know to sort of push on the next uh, next month or so but um it's a funny one isn't it because it's it's they're in the position now what's it 11 points i think off, uh, above the relegation so 10 points off the playoffs do you kind of stick or twist because um you know, obviously the the playoffs are, are there are they are possible and and Bowen is still pretty optimistic, but uh, I think you've got to be real realistic as well. And you know, you don't want to go out and spend too much on 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 players who are who are not necessarily proven at uh, championship level. That might give you that sort of initial exciting spark, but uh, in the long run, um, I think uh, as as horrible as it is to say, I think you've got to start planning for next season already, and um, you want to use this. The good solid season, which uh, they are having, or is turning out to be, um, as a platform to have a real good go next season. I think.
0: So, Jonathan, names. This is what we need, isn't it? We're going to run through a list of names now and possibilities. I know this is only possibilities, not you saying it's definitely going to happen. I understand that. Uh, Philip Arunier from Sao Paulo, defensive midfielder. Now, I look at our squad and I think. Defensive midfielder. Do we really need one in that position? Um, does it tell us that Pele won't be signing in the summer? I don't know. Do you think Aruna's going to be joining the club in the next couple of days? Uh, do
1: I think he's going to be joining in the next few days? Uh, That's put me right on the spot. Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it's. I think it's obviously through this Brazilian connection with uh, Matos. He's obviously recommended the player. Um, I, th- I think that you know that they are they are looking at him, but how far along they are, I, I don't know. Um, I I think, as I said before, I think there will be some Brazilian recruits. Uh, you know, probably in the summer, if, if not earlier. But um, I'm going to say no on that one.
0: You break the nose about an hour ago that Tyler Blackett has turned down the contract offer at Redden Football Club. So he will not be staying that won't be happening will it Jonathan he'll be off to somewhere in Turkey probably
1: yes and I think most most likely in the summer Um obviously you know there's a small chance that uh Someone might come in for the next in the next couple of days, and I think you know, Reading having Omar Rich and, and Jordan Abita, um will, will probably accept, uh, accept uh, an offer which is, you know, so, so long as it's for you know, fairly good money, then I, I think they probably will let him go. But uh, you know, I think he's he's happy to see out his contract, Bowen's Happy for him to stay, Bowen likes him. Um, you know, he's talked him up uh, a lot, and uh, they obviously they are they do want him to stay, but uh, he's. Uh, you know, well within his rights to look elsewhere, and and I think yeah, I think he'll do that um, after the season.
0: You also said earlier today that Reading are in for a Premiership striker. Obviously, that's not a Premiership first-team striker. <laughs> that would be highly unlikely. No, it's not. No, no. Um, could you tell us is he a Jao-ish player?
1: Um, yeah, I would say he's of, he's of kind of similar ilk. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, he, he's uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to tell us anything more. Than I don't want to
1: go too, too much away, but um, no, you know, he's he's someone who uh, who hasn't he hasn't been linked with the Reading so far, okay. Um, yeah, but,
0: yeah. so uh, there's something they're building that will probably be out tomorrow, then. So, yeah. look, the yeah, bar- so I mean, I say yeah. there it's is something- the. Really bizarre on
2: Twitter that Man United are in for Glen Murray, but we're still the favourites. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about bizarre transfer rumours! I can't believe that one. I saw
0: it. that as well, and I was thinking, God, yeah. that is a bad sign for Man United. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, someone like Glen Murray would be would be would be good, right? If we're going to push for if we're going to push for the playoffs, and we want a chance, and so someone like Glen Murray would be ideal, but. Ideally, this transfer window, like Jonathan says, no panic, but it gives, if we buy a foreign player uh, on a permanent deal, it gives him a, a six month period to, to settle and then really hit the ground running next year. Uh, I don't really see the point in any of these short term loans unless it's covering for a position where we're really lacking. And I don't really know where that position is other than potentially, yeah, a striker. Yeah,
0: we're going to gather enough points regardless of. The kind of like trances we get in to stay up. I'd, I'd be astonished if we went suddenly collapsed and absolutely lost the plot and just went down the whole of the league. I just can't see that happening. We're just not going to get into that playoff bush. I mean, I hope I'm totally wrong, but it doesn't look likely. You know, we're playing against the teams like Nottingham Forest, Mill, Bristol City. There's a gap and you can see it. And I know not for us didn't get those results. is the second time I've said this now, but there is definitely, you can see something that's there that we haven't quite got in different areas of the pitch. And that's something that I'm sure Mark Byrne and Matos will be working on during the summer. And hopefully they I, come up with some.
1: I, th- I think the, the the important thing about that as well is that, I mean, you looked at the Bristol City side last night. A lot of those players have been at that club for for a number of years as well. And, uh, you know, they're, they're solid championship performers um, they know what's what's expected of them. Uh, they perform their tasks well, uh, and they've got a good nucleus of a squad. And I think you know, you know Reading have still got uh, have had quite a few changes, you know, over, over the last few transfer windows. And um, you know, they're still trying to bed down really and really kind of settle as a, as a side. I mean, uh, say they've they made too many changes in recent weeks, but uh, I think uh, I think that's that's a big difference between a, a lot of the sort of you know, top half championship clubs, they've they've got settled players, not necessarily the whole team, but, you know, five or six players who who, have been there, done that, and uh, can really, um, you know, ensure the side competes and competes well in the league.
0: Yeah, another player that we're 99.9% certain, I think, to see leave in the summer is Chris Gunter. He's one of those players that you've just been kind of like talking about. He's been at a club for a long time, but I think it's unlikely for Reasons of wages, contract length—would that be a fair comment, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you can put. Uh, well, you can put a few others in that boat as well, like uh, like Vito like uh, Minone, like Blackett. Um, I think that I think you can expect to see another big clear out this summer, um, because I mean, you only, as I said this before, you need to look, you only look at, the, you need to look at the back of the program to see how bigs Reading squad is. Um it's ridiculous. You know, that it's it's a result of poor business decisions over the last sort of five, ten years really. Um, you know, they've got all these they've got you know, a, a big pool of uh under 23s s players as well, who um, you know, aside from you know, Loder, Lisa, Elise McIntyre, you know, I mean, yes, that that is uh I guess that is a good tally, but also, you know, there are you know, a lot of players who've kind of fallen by the wayside or, you know, out, out and in loans in, in the lower leagues or even non-league. Um, I think that they've got to just say, you know, enough's enough and, um, you know, got to be really cutthroat and keep the players who've got a, a decent chance of, of uh, making it and uh, say uh, thanks and goodbye to the ones who uh, who've got no chance.
0: Yeah, we've got to be brutal. It's football, isn't it? You come. It's not a yeah. place for our softness at all. It's a business, isn't it? So we will yeah. go into the game against Cardiff. I mean, it's so good that we're playing them again. I mean, it's been such a long time. And then we'll play them again, obviously, next Tuesday. Ah On Friday, Eric, how do you think it's gonna go against Cardiff? A team that have just beaten West Brom two one, who are in the top two. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough one. It will be
2: tough, but you know we'll play our first team, won't we? We'll play a full-strength side, so who knows? Um, I'm not expecting too much based on the last couple of results. I went to the Millwall game, I went last night. But, uh, yeah, this season so far, Reading have sort of a habit of surprising us every now and then, so fingers crossed that would be really handy. It would be very timely to get a result.
0: Oh, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? Even though Neil Warnock isn't there anymore. I just associate Cardiff with Neil Warnock now, so it kind of feels like I am being Neil Warnock. But it would be nice. Well, Neil, Harris, Neil Harris Yes. Harris yeah, they are Millwall to say, too, they, aren't they? They really yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Obviously why. But when we saw them play uh, in the FA Cup, obviously, last Saturday, it was like watching the Millwall match again, but not so kind of good in front of goal. That's what I felt it was.
1: Yeah, fair assessment. I think yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think we're going to get everything there, Jonathan, on Friday?
1: Um, I, I mean, on recent evidence, no. But uh,
0: you, know, I, I,
1: you know, if uh, if Puska, oh, no, not Puskas, If if Swift or Jaria um, can, can bring their rain game, uh, we we all know if if Swift does well, the team usually does well. So. Um, I think it's it's a lot to do with with those two players, really. Um, I, the expectation, I think, is quite low now, suddenly, so that, that, that might suit them. Um, again, if, if they can keep it tight, then um, the, the only issue is where the goal is going to come from. Um, open play, uh, they're sort of, sort of struggling at the moment, and don't get me started on set pieces because the corners were awful last night, as were the free kicks. So uh, that would be my concern. But, uh, you know... I, I think there's there's an outside chance that
0: they could uh, pull off a result. I can't understand how Swift continued to take the set pieces last night. I know you said you didn't want to continue on this, Johnson, but honestly, <laughs> you just reminded me of them. And they were the worst I've seen all season. Now we've got Pele on the pitch, Eric. Yeah, Pele, definitely... yeah. Pele, Pele took some good corners earlier in the season. Let him take them. Yeah.
2: I even I even thought Abita's corners were better from that side.
0: Hmm. Uh, No, I don't understand what was going on there. Obviously, because Charlie Adams is on the pitch, he'd be the obvious straight switch. You you don't need to worry about him. He's going to put a decent quality in, but... Yeah. I just think it's
2: criminal. You you want to beat the first man, don't you? And there there was just so many corners that hit the first man. (laughs) And then you just think, if you hit the first man with your corner, the next one, surely the first thing you do is make sure you don't hit the first man again. But yeah,
0: There was a message in that game, though, wasn't there? Because... The only corner that I think we put in the whole of the match to the far post, we almost scored from it. So it was there. The evidence was there. But Jonathan, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's taken me to another horrible memory of last night. I think
2: if you
1: could actually genuinely, on your next podcast with Liam Moore, ask him, um, or I can ask the manager, but um, who who makes these decisions? Because... Surely the manager sees that from the sidelines. Surely the captain sees it. Surely his teammates see it. Surely the player himself sees it. Why does he not, at least, you know, if you could go in the corner, try a short corner or um, do something, you know, to change up the personnel. I don't know why they, they keep going with it. I mean, obviously it's the routine and practice. They practice that. But, you know, there's no harm just changing up because then it just gets predictable as well. It's 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 very annoying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We were being very diplomatic there. It was beyond annoying. Yeah. I won't the exact language. Really if they really practice that routine, they
2: haven't practiced enough,
0: clearly. So
2: they but, need to change John it But John Swift up. in
0: his general game last night was not on it at all. That's the worst I've seen him play for a while. But he has been excellent this season. So it's not time to, like, bring him down and say he's been really poor. Because he hasn't. We can all have an off day or a couple of games. He's been pretty good otherwise. So... Yeah, uh, what, what I liked about that
2: is that Bowen actually took him off. You know, usually I, I wouldn't expect him to be substituted, but he had an off game, and he got substituted. I think fair play to Bowen for actually making that change. But
0: well, the wrong player came on. though I felt. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> he kind of got some of it right, but got a little bit of it wrong. But he's a new manager as well, and also it's kind of games we've got now. We can't go up and we can't go down, which I said repeatedly. It kind of, you can play different players and see how they're going to do. Is Aluka going to be any good for us? I mean, uh, I think it's a long shot. I think it's definitely a long shot. But you never know. Suddenly they can just find their form, can't they? So thanks a lot for uh, joining us this week. And we'll be back maybe on Friday evening with a podcast, see how that works out. Hopefully talking about a red and win. I keep on saying this now at the end of them, and it's beginning to get a little bit deflating. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs>